right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Lefty, and we got a very special show for you guys this week. Uh, as you know, I went to Texas here recently with Sheepdog Impact Assistance, and we had a very special hog hunt out there. And joining me on the show are the cast and crew of characters from that hunt. I guess we'll start down here with, with Doc, and we'll go around the horn here and let everybody introduce themselves. Hey, Lefty. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, buddy. Glad you could join us. Good. My name is Richard Becker. I'm an osteopathic physician in North Texas, and I observed Sheepdog Impact Assistance doing some great work with our veterans, and I wanted to be a part of that. I am not a veteran. I'm a volunteer. And so Andy Bosler and I, my partner at our hunting ranch, we got together and decided to donate our ranch to uh, hunting adventures for our disabled veterans. And I enjoyed doing that so much. I founded the North Texas chapter of Sheepdog Impact Assistance. Very cool. And it's one of the uh, absolute best charitable organizations you can imagine. And it's the kind of thing where... You don't just send a few dollars into somebody. You actually get involved and meet these guys and gals and participate and interact with them because that's really what they need is to have friends and interaction and to re-engage. So it's a very practical organization. We have a lot of fun, and you get to know a lot of great heroes. So I'm loving what I'm doing, and uh, I think a lot of other folks would too. Very cool. Buck? Hey, Marty. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Brian Buckminster, civilian um, volunteer slash sponsor with Sheepdog. Uh, got involved with them about six years ago uh, through a good friend who actually approached me about maybe doing a hunt for some wounded combat vets. And that has morphed into now 13 hunts later, uh, wow. two hunts a year, six years later um, on Doc and Andy's ranch making these hunts happen in my time i'm just a uh through my company a sponsor and i also do uh i guess help guide the hunt help uh, logistics stuff like that and you're a male stripper. and it's that too <laughs> <laughs> um it's the best part said, he's the one that wears the cowboy that, hat guys guilty guilty gals having said that uh you know sheepdog has definitely had a great impact on uh, not only myself but my family my wife my kids they're all involved and um it's it's a part of our life so definitely something we've enjoyed for the last few years and uh, look forward to uh continue uh to grow with them and, and be involved very cool brandon what's going on marty i'm brandon forkworth so i'm a brand manager for a footwear company called twisted x based here in texas uh, out of decatur texas uh, kind of like Doc, kind of like Buck. Uh, they, these fine gentlemen got me involved in Sheepdog. Um, you know, been lifelong friends with Doc. Uh, you know, grown up with him, and uh, you know, obviously they exposed me to Sheepdog and the work they were doing. As now a wait a minute. Back to our wait a minute. First responders. You're you're a lot younger than Doc. <laughs> well, I've grown up in front of Doc's eyes. Okay. That way. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, or lifelong for maybe you. Maybe growing up is not the right word, but, you know, something <laughs> like that. Gotten older, at least. Yeah, and so, you know, through kind of my connections, knowing a lot of people in the vendor community, I've uh, been able to uh, work together as a volunteer on the hunts. You know, like they said, actually really getting to know the guys in the organization, uh, build, build some, you know, true brotherships there has uh, been awesome. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of bring something a little unique because of who I know in the vendor community and being able to get a lot of folks and some brands to donate some products. 
for our swag bags for our hunt nominees. And, uh, you know, just really excited to do anything I can to uh, give back. And uh, we're going to talk about the the swag that was on this hunt here shortly. So, uh, nice. Scott, the uh, the organizer of this big event. Thanks for having me, Marty. Uh, my name's Scott West. I was in the Army recon from 04 to 07. Uh, bought Iraq from 04 to 05. Uh, got out in 2007. And I've been with Sheepdog for close to five years now. And I am the um, National Outdoor Adventure Coordinator um, from the Rogers, Arkansas chapter. Very cool. And he, he coordinates. He got everything all coordinated for us. Coordinated. Very coordinated. Very coordinated. Yes. And, and color I wanna, coordinated, too. Color coordinated. Yes, very <laughs> color coordinated. Uh, I want to I say this. Uh, we, we tried to get Lance uh, on the hunt, tried to get him on the show. But uh, as you guys know, there was a, a big disaster in the Bahamas. And uh, Sergeant Major got a team together, and they rushed out there. And that just happened to fall during the, the hunt, so he wasn't able to make it. And as I understand, they're on their way back right now as we're doing this show uh, from the Bahamas. So uh, we'll hear from Lance in, a, in another episode. But you guys, you leadheads, are very familiar with Sergeant Major. He's been on the show several times. Um, but I just want to let you know he's not going to be on this show. So in case you're expecting him to well, – he may drop in. I don't know. He, he may uh, wake up and, and call us, but – uh, and I will tell you, I will tell you that it was an honor to be able to go on the hunt again. Usually this thing is again, the spring and fall hunt. And, uh, it's such a, uh, such an amazing event that uh, I was lucky enough to be able to fill some major spot in this. And I felt honored to be able to go, you know, well, I don't again. have anything to compare it against, but I think you did an excellent job. So thank you, thank for, you. for everything that you've done. And, uh, we're going to get into everybody's role and, and on the hunt, but uh, there were some people that were also on the hunt that didn't make it, uh, our good buddy Bill Do Teabaggins, you leadheads know Bill. Uh, Bill was there; he wasn't able to make uh, the show. And then um, your son-in-law Doc was oh, there. Oh yes, uh, Eric Kremen, another volunteer from Arkansas. Great young man, married to my daughter Tana. There you go. Yeah, and he's always good us. to see him. And was that ever? Oh, and of course, uh, you know how could we forget Andy? Andy Bosler was there. Yeah, the boss. The boss. What what are you gang signing out there, Scott? And Larry. Larry Buckminster. <laughs> and the court yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into that. So uh the whole purpose and reason, you know, our guest of honor for this hunt, Scott, would you uh introduce Yes. So uh also with us this evening, uh, from our southern Indiana team is uh Vietnam veteran David Lesenberry and Vietnam veteran Stephen Caressel. And the one that couldn't join us, like you just said, is uh, Buck's dad, Larry. Wish he could made it. Uh, he's he was at the uh, American Legion. Is that we said? Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah, had a, had the prior engagement with the American Legion. So we'll try to get Larry on in a later show as well. Uh, but uh, go ahead with your introductions with David and Steve there, Scott. So uh, David Lesenberry and Steve Caruso came to us about four months ago. Um, David had contacted, um, the team leader there in Southern Indiana and had talked to him about, uh, you know, possibly getting on a hunt, um, and also bringing Steve who it was one of, uh, his bucket list things to be able to go on a hog hunt. And so, uh, they ended up contacting Sar Major and myself, um, seeing if there was something that we would be able to do for that. Um, usually the, uh, the hog hunt is about, uh, two years 
um, booked out. Wow. But we were actually lucky enough that um, some people gave up their spots and was able to give David and Steve the opportunity to be able to come out for this uh, fall hog hunt. So it was a blessing to be able to have them out there, and I couldn't have chosen any two better people to have been out there with. Oh, yeah, great guys. Amen. Nice. Amen. I'll with that, yeah. So, uh, Leadheads, join me in welcoming in David and Steve. Yeah. Hey, David. Hey, Steve. Hey, David. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Thank you. if it's our turn to talk, I don't know if David wants to go first. Okay, I'll go. Uh, you know, it, I'm telling you, yeah, this is Steve. I, I, it, this was a trip of a lifetime. I mean, uh, these guys, they really got to me, you, you know, just the way we were treated when we got to the to the camp. And, and uh, uh, just, I mean, just couldn't have asked for uh, a better reception uh, from all the all the things we were given and Doc's cooking. Doc, Doc's about the only one I think I wouldn't want to come up into a, a, a barbecue contest with, and I got a bunch of trophies, and <laughs> I think he'd be a tough competitor. Just, just the whole trip, it just wasn't to hunt, but it, it was the camaraderie with all these guys, and I uh, think I really found some some new, got some newfound friends. Just a, a great trip all together, and then this guy sitting next to me. He calls me up one day and says, you're going to get a phone call from Arkansas. And it just happened to be Scott calling. I said, I don't know anybody from Arkansas. He said, answer it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Definitely glad I did. We're glad you did too. Yeah. Yep. 100%. David? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the show. Glad you could join That's us. David. <laughs> Very soft-spoken. Man, a few words, but uh, he he speaks. Not really. <laughs> We're gonna get him that, going here. We'll get him going. Yeah, he spoke with that trigger on the hunt there, Marty. Man. Yeah. He, he did all that work right there with that trigger. That's right. Yeah, Scott, you're gonna have to get a better camera. That that's a wide angle, and it's making your nose look like a duplex. <laughs> <laughs> and the insults begin. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what happened all week was a lot of shit talking a lot of eating a lot of hunting okay guys i grew up in gibson county tennessee it's in the western part we all quail hunted rabbits every once in a while a duck i would read all the uh old magazines at the older bunch had hoarded and didn't want to give away, and I ended up with them. And I read all the uh, great works of Jack O'Connor and Byron Dalrymple. Uh, he was a Texas deer hunter. And I just decided I'm going to do that. And uh, I looked forward to the time I could get my own bird dog. And before I knew it, I had a Brittany kennel. And uh, lightning struck the kennel and ruined the dogs. And uh, I gave them away. The last dog I had was like a poodle pointer. Now, you said lightning struck? Lightning struck the kennels, and the dogs developed doggy PTSD. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, 
the last dog I had was a poodle pointer, and he looked like a uh, little orphan and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you call yours, Doc? A little poodle pointer? But... <laughs> I decided, since the quail were having such a hard time, uh, I was going to go back to hunting deer and larger game, uh, like hogs. And uh, I wanted to varmint hunt coyotes. After all, a hog is the biggest varmint. Yes. That is true. I was really glad to get out there. I was really glad to have to have the guide like I did and uh, Brandon. And uh, I got two hogs. Uh, you know that was really really something for me. Uh, but I really did like sitting in that Texas uh, deer blind up. 40 or 50 feet. A little different hunting, isn't it? Yeah. Makes things really nice. Comfortable hunting. It's probably only 20 feet. Now, that that was like the very first day, and it was early in the day, too, wasn't it, when you got your first one? We we went to the afternoon. It was the first afternoon. Yeah. And I got the first one a few minutes before the feeder went off. This uh, the larger one thought he owned the township. <laughs> he was the boss. <laughs> How'd that work out for him? He came up. And, <laughs> and it was an overthrow. Yeah, the little hog came out hard from office. Yeah, the little hog came up and saw big big boss hog, and he hid in a brush. Thought he was slick, <laughs> and I shot the boss hog. And the little one came in about 23 or 25 minutes later. He checked out the big hog and figured out he's a goner. And he circled around and came back and laid up there (laughs) just about like that picture. We didn't move that hog three feet uh, to get him in the camera. And uh, I popped him and he laid there. And his adrenaline was up. He waited about maybe a whole minute. He jumped up and ran a circle and was heading back toward where he was. So I shot him again and just barely clipped him, broke his stride, and he went down. Now, what were you using to hunt with? You brought your own gun. A two seventy. It's about 45 years old, maybe 46. Jack O'Connor special, 270. I was using some uh, original nozzle bullet that I loved. And the first one was, and then the second ones were uh, nozzles that, that they make now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to extend a real old bullet on a pretty good size critter. Oswald came up there, and I said, well, are you going to try out this bullet? <laughs> He's going to try out the bullet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, didn't like it, but it dispatched him. Yeah, yeah. So that day, I mean, you were the lucky the lucky one. You got two. Nobody, I don't think anybody else got any that day on, uh, on day one. But I want to rewind a little bit. I want to talk about our ride in, 
you know, from day one and kind of go in a sequential order here. So uh, we flew in to – where did we fly oh, into? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, that's Oklahoma, right. Oklahoma, It's easy to forget, trust yeah. me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wanted to forget that. And then uh, – It ain't Texas. I live in Texas, all right? <laughs> and it just so happened we were we were on the same flight together, and we didn't even know it. Uh, Bill yeah. and I had flown together, and we were sitting together. And uh, when we landed, uh, we were trying to get a description from Scott on who we were meeting. And he was giving the description. We're like, hey, that's the guys that were on the plane with us. After that, we got loaded up with Scott. Scott was there to pick us up with the big truck and the trailer. And we had a five-hour ride ahead of us, I believe yeah. it was. Andy, Andy would say three and a half, but uh, it was more <laughs> like five. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he if would. Andy was driving, it would have been three and a half. But uh, we took a detour, I guess. But uh, really got to know you guys in that five hours, so... Uh, I mean, even though it seemed like a, a long drive, it was a, it was a good drive because we got some good talks and got to, to learn you got learn about you guys a little bit. So, yeah, we got to intimate quarters there in that truck with five people crammed in. But uh, <laughs> we, we made it. We made it okay. We didn't kill each other. And then we got there, and we were all starving. And thank God, Doc had uh, a fabulous meal prepared doc talk about the the meal for the first night that you had prepared waiting on us when we got there our north texas chapter has a uh, portable smoker and it's not just any smoker it is a smoker on steroids texas big it's beautiful it it works beautifully and it's well balanced you manipulate the temperatures and the smoke and you have multiple compartments and it's got and a disco light going and neon light every compartment <laughs> we had uh, a roasted turkey. We had a smoked turkey. We had brisket. We had uh, Arctic char flown in from Iceland. Oh, wow. From Iceland, special for this trip. Arctic char. Who gets to have that? And, I don't I don't think I got that. I think somebody ate all that before I got to and, it. Uh, medicine. Well, your friends ate it all before you had a chance. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then we had venison. Uh, 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 jalapeno cheese venison harvested from our ranch and is absolutely delicious. Yeah, it was. Plus uh, uh, coleslaw and all kinds of fixings, and it, it was it was if I may, it was delicious. And everybody had a great time, and there was more food than we could ever eat. And the leftovers went in the freezer buck for hunting season. Okay, so it's there for something to eat. I don't know, I just. Can't. Five pounds. Oh, I do too. Every time, even though we're active and on the go, I always gain weight. The food's always so good. And then we had other great meals too. But but that was the first night. First Just night. getting the tone started with the uh, smoker. And I tell you, I started that going at five o'clock in the morning. I got up because it takes a long time to smoke properly. Yeah. You know, and so it's been going all day. And but that's a labor of love. I love doing it. The guys love it. And I, I can't think of a group of guys I'd rather do it for. So that was my contribution. It was delicious. And the leadheads know that I know food. And when I say something's delicious, you can bank on it. So it was, Thank you very it was, much. It was really Thank good. Uh, David and Steve, what did you guys think about that first, first night's meal? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I kind of led off with that. And uh, I'll tell you, it was uh, touch my heart. Just the way we were greeted, and uh, I, I don't want to dwell on this, but, you know, when we came home, we weren't treated like it. When I say when we come back from the NOM, we weren't treated like that. And that's something, you know, 
when you need to try to put behind you and sometimes it's pretty tough yeah but uh now i don't think we talked about your 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 background so you guys talk about your background your military background real quick uh, i was uh i was in the marine corps from 68 to 72 i spent 69 and 70 in vietnam and uh came back to uh, actually i spent 13 months there because uh of all things, that's the last place you want somebody to lose your orders to come home, but that's what happened. So, uh, uh, and then I came back, uh, had a month's leave, and went to Camp Lejeune for two years, where I got to go out uh, on these alert force cruises, you know, that you take everything, including the kitchen sink with you in case something happens, and uh, made the uh, well, I made meritorious corporal when I was in Vietnam, and then I got a meritorious promotion to sergeant uh, when I got in uh, when I got to Camp Lejeune. Uh, I guess they just figured they had an extra stripe they needed to give somebody, so they just well give it to me. <laughs> I'm sure uh, that wasn't the case. <laughs> but uh, you know, then uh, like everybody else, you got back to, when you got out. You didn't wear anything that uh, identified you as a veteran, much less a Vietnam veteran. And it took uh, about 35 years after I got home before I put a hat or a shirt or something like that on that says I was a Vietnam veteran. Yeah, that's and wrong. I was at, wrong. I was wrong. counseling at the vet center. Well, David and I both been in counseling at the vet center here in Evansville for about 20 years. And that's where we met, and uh, it was our uh, counselor there that uh, said, you know, you ought to be proud of what you did, and she's the first person ever told me that. Really? After 25 years, huh? I bought a hat that said First Marine Division Vietnam Veteran on it, and uh, I wore it for a little bit and then threw it in the corner. And then I guess about 10 years ago, you know, I showed Buck my shirt here, you know, that uh, with the big Marine Corps emblem on it. Now I, uh, I'm, I'm proud to wear that kind of stuff. Well, good for you. You should be. Yeah, shouldn't have taken so long. Yeah, Steve, I have a question for you. Do you think America has learned its lessons from the Vietnam experience, or we still have more to learn? Well, I think there's always something to learn from something in a situation like that. But I will tell you, the troops coming home now, uh, I've heard it from more than one, that they they consider the welcome home that they get, they get the welcome home they get because people realize that the welcome home we got was not deserved. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, can, I can give you an example of, uh, it's very seldom you came back with anybody that you served with, but there was four of us Marines walking down the hall at uh, Los Angeles airport. And, you know, that was probably the worst place to have to go through because of the protesters and stuff. And uh, when they, uh, and it's still, this still kind of stabs you in the heart, stabs me in the heart that uh, we had a bunch of war protesters that were, harassing us and we thought well they want to fight so we were naturally ready to oblige them and about that time uh, uh, Los Angeles uh, County Sheriff and uh, LA uh, Airport Security all of them armed 
put us four against the wall, and uh, they uh, they dumped our sea bags out in the hallway, our folders with our orders on it, and just mixed it all up. One of the guys pulled away from the wall, and uh, one of the sheriff's deputies said, if you don't want to spend a night in my jail, I suggest you keep your butt glued to that wall. Welcome home. Yeah. Wow. Uh, something uh, I'll never forget, but I try not to dwell on it. But, you know, people people hear about stuff, uh, you know, people throwing stuff, the, the foul stuff that they threw at you and that kind of stuff. But that was, uh, that was my worst uh, episode there. But, you know, there were some other ones. Uh, one more I got to tell you about. Uh, okay. And let David talk here. I was on a plane from Los Angeles to uh, St. Louis. I got on the plane, and back then you flew military standby. If you were in uniform, you got to fly first class uh, for the two-thirds fare. And uh, I got on the plane, and I noticed there was a sign in uh, about the second row back that uh, said uh, Mr. and Mrs. Landon. So I got on the seat, and you know I was wore out because we just flew all the way across you know, from Vietnam, uh, a flight attendant, they were stewardesses back then, uh, you know, came yeah. back me up and asked me if I was all right. And uh, she said I was squirming and kicking around and stuff. And I guess a nightmare. And she had a drink in her hand. And she said, this is from Mr. Landon. And I turned around, looked, and it was Michael Landon bought me a drink. Little House in the Prairie, Landon? Yeah. Bonanza, Landon? Landon, sure was. Wow, cool. cool. Yeah, that was the highlight of the trip coming Very home cool. until I touched down at the airport here in Evansville. Very good. That helped, didn't it? Made you feel a little better. Yeah, it did. David, good. what about you? Give us your background. I was in Vietnam in 67. I ended up in the 25th Infantry. And... Uh, the numbers were down so low in other units, they couldn't function. They, they couldn't even send out an ambush patrol. And all the replacements went to the 4th Battalion, 23rd Mechanized. And uh, it was 60 men in, in the company, uh, and it's supposed to have been 190. Wow. Our job was to keep the local unfriendlies out of the base camp. And uh, I got wounded the fifth day of August and was in the hospital system for six months. What was your I, wound? Uh, right leg. I almost lost my right leg. Mm. And uh, in fact, if I was told if my leg was broken, I was going to lose it. And the fellow that x-rayed it didn't do a good job. And it caused me to save my leg. I got to Japan before it was found that my leg was broken uh, right above the ankle. Uh, coming back to the States, I had it quite a bit better than Steve did. I was slipped back into the United States via Fort Ridgeway, Alaska. Oh, wow. The Air Force uh, pilot on that C-5A told us that he was to uh, delay the flight as much as he could and uh, 
he was ordered to fly out over the Atlantic Ocean and come in the airline that uh, the C-5As used for Germany to hide uh, the flight. It was uh, probably 150 hours on that ambulance plane. We were put in Walter Reed Hospital in D.C., so uh, I didn't have it quite as bad as Steve did. What are some of your better memories of, of coming home? And, I, and uh, Steve just gave us a really good one there with Michael Landon. That was kind of cool. I really don't have any about coming home because I was, I was slipped in. and uh, So you're just kind of incognito with the way you came in. Kind of missed yeah. all the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Put it up under the rug, you know. <laughs> slid, <laughs> slid in on a sly. And when I would uh, go home on convalescent leave, I would be in civilian clothes. Is that like a conjugal <laughs> visit? Is it Convalescent? <laughs> Basically, technically. <laughs> Those are big words, real big words, David. What's that mean? <laughs> Don't confuse Scott like that. Yeah, because Steve and I are army. <laughs> <laughs> I did meet some interesting people in the army, and a lot of them were in my unit in Vietnam. The last captain that I had stayed in and made four stars. And when we have our reunion, he just asks us, where you want to go? What do you want to do? And the last one one that I went to was uh, at Fort Riley, Kansas. And we got to work out on the training simulators for the uh, tanks and the Paladin artillery gun. And that was nice. Sounds pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. And I missed my reunion in order to go on the hog hunt, and uh, I never, I never thought, never thought about it while I was out there. Yeah, talk about that because that was kind of a, a cool uh, reunion that you passed up to come on this this hog hunt. Okay, I passed up a sneak preview of the U.S. Army Museum. It's not even open, and we were going to have to wear hard hats because construction was still going on and the the general did the uh, <laughs> the organization uh, and actually uh, supervised the development of the museum for three years oh wow the first That's cool I went to I had asked the general to make sure I got awarded my combat infantry badge. I earned it in 67, and I was awarded it in 2017. Oh, my gosh. And the delay. The general wasn't to be at that reunion, but he came in and ordered to award me the combat infantry badge. And he said that nobody that he served with in Vietnam is going to have an award of any kind mailed to him. He came in and that's awesome. Yes, that is cool. Yeah, well deserved too. Thank you. Long overdue, but (laughs) the guys in the unit went on when they got back to the states and made social workers and uh, a lot of lot of good things like that. Uh, Yeah, two were in uh, the capacity of helping veterans. 
several of them went into uh, civil service. Gotcha. General stayed in and garnered four stars. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, he comes in handy. I'll bet. Now, now, Buck, your dad is a Vietnam veteran. He was on this hunt as well, and like we said, he wasn't able to join us tonight. Can you give us a little, yes, sir. little bit of background about Larry? Well, Dad didn't have to do uh, quite what uh, or endure quite what Steve and uh, and Dave did. Um, not that we're uh, we're making light of his service. Um, Dad, I, I don't want to misquote his years of service. It was either sixty seven to sixty nine or sixty six to sixty nine. But he was Army drafted and um, got actually got stationed in Germany at the uh, Army base there at Oberammergau. So Dad didn't see any action in vietnam that was not his experience um as we all know it takes a village to uh to make things work so um you probably won't hear dad you know talk about it a lot or, or brag about it or anything he's pretty humble about his service and um not that he's not proud of it by any means he just uh he didn't have to endure some of the things that the guys like uh dave and steve did yeah. but buck that wasn't his decision they could have <laughs> no, put sir. him anywhere on the planet i, I couldn't he agree win. i know your daddy he would have <laughs> went I couldn't agree more. And, um, yeah, like he, he, if he was here, he would say the same thing. So I, I appreciate that doc. Yeah. You serve, serve all your best like uh, suited. Yeah. But he, he did ad adopt an appreciation for beer while he was over there, didn't he? He did. He did. <laughs> well, as Germany, I think, uh, Germany would probably put, bestow that, uh, privilege upon you for sure. But, um, yeah, he probably, uh, found a lot of, uh, great fondness for, uh, many things over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, you're good. You're good. Scott just said, you know, that Larry he he wrote that blank check too. You know, I I, I hate seeing somebody apologize, which sometimes I think that's they feel bad because they didn't go to Afghanistan or someplace else. You put on the uniform, you don't know what's going to happen the next day. Right. You know? And and anybody that puts a uniform on, be proud of your service. Absolutely. Yeah. And Great yeah, work, I mean, Steve. What, Thank you. The yeah. best thing I can say, y'all, is, you know, the, these guys, it doesn't matter where they served, if they serve wartime, peacetime, you know, they, they took up, you know, that call to uh, basically stand in the stead of all of those who, who that, you know, life of service wasn't our call. And, and that should be honored no matter what, you know, regardless, you know, no matter what time, what era how much you endured, how much you didn't. Every single bit of that service needs to be honored. Yeah, well said. Agreed. Yes. Now that, now that we got you talking there, Brandon, uh, let's, let's get to the next part of our evening that night. So after dinner came a really big surprise for, for everyone. Talk about uh, what was unveiled. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, part of this hunt experience, right, you know, is getting these guys out here from the minute they step on that plane you know, coming to the minute they step on that plane going home, we try to make sure that all their needs are covered, right? You know, Doc throws down some serious food from start to finish, serious as I think. Food, yeah. Serious food, as all these guys have experienced. Buck and Andy, as far as, you know, working their ass off to put these guys on hogs and trying to make sure everybody comes back to camp with meat and tow, uh, multiples if they can. It's, it's, it's a process, you know, it's, it takes a team, takes a village to get this done. Uh, we're, we're a tight-knit crew and like I said, where I fit in is is making sure these guys have the gear uh, to get out there and uh, really make sure the hunt uh, works well for them. So part of that is I've had that ability to partner with some great brands on this hunt specifically 
uh, the Mossy Oak team and the Paramount Outdoors kind of in conjunction uh, set these guys up all with a full kit of uh, hunting camo head to toe. Just awesome stuff. Jackets, pants, shirts, hoodies, base layers. So, I mean, that Good quality team, stuff I, too. Boots. Good oh, yeah. 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 Really awesome stuff. And they, they went all out. So, knives, you know, huge. Buck knives. Yeah, yeah. Buck knives jumped in and donated some knives for the hunt. That was awesome from them. Um, you know, really appreciate their donation. And talk you know, about the company. companies. Give the companies a plug that that uh, participated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, we had Buck Knives who jumped in, donated some knives for us. We had Mossy Oak and, and the Paramount Outdoors team, um, right? They donated a lot of the hunt apparel. Um, obviously, Twisted X, we kicked in the footwear for the group. So, hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, and then TruSpec, right? TruSpec's been making our, our hunt top, our hunt jackets uh, for the past six years. And uh, just awesome to continue to partner with them as well. You know, I think a lot of the guys who've been on these hunts, you know, that that jacket, that top is kind of a rite of passage. You know, it's like, you know, if you see a guy wearing one of those at a sheepdog event, he's been a part of our outdoor adventures. Um, and, and, you know, right, we're, we're a crew within a crew. Um, so it's just a quick little symbol that we all all have and wear proudly. And uh, a lot of guys and, and gals clamor for it. Yeah. And- hey, and those, those jackets are the most sought as well. Every time, you know, they only get made just specifically for that hunt and for those people that are on that hunt. And like he said, those are the most sought out swag that sheepdog has are those jackets that everybody wants yeah they're really nice and then uh, talking lead had some of our our sponsors uh throw in a few few extra little things uh dipstick hydrographics provided the leddies so everybody got a leddy did all you guys you everybody got a leddy right got your oh yeah oh yeah Um, you're gonna be seeing mine on instagram too thank you for (laughs) that 1776 (laughs) uh, provided the talking lead t-shirt so thanks to james at 1776 for for uh, donating the T-shirts, uh, and then uh, ASP USA uh, donated some patches. So we got some cool patches from ASP USA. So, uh, and, and the cool thing, Marty, you know, you got to Go say ahead. about all these brands is that you know th- that's the big thing is they don't they're not just doing this for publicity. You know, these brands are really passionate about the organization, the work that they're doing. You know, so you know any of the listeners out there, if you're looking to support brands who who really care and want to give back to the veteran and first responder community, you know, look no further than these brands who give to these hunts. Yeah, and don't forget Broadway Contracting and Bio Innovations Nutritional Supplements provided the ranch, which is no small thing. It's a no twenty thousand acre Texas cattle ranch, and it's one of the best hunting spots in the uh, lower forty eight. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Bio innovations. Let, they make it happen. And let's talk about the the ranch itself. Uh, talk about details about the ranch, the the cabin, the layout, everything. I mean, it's phenomenal. Well, let me tell you guys, if you want to partner with somebody at a hunting ranch, partner with a construction engineer. That's then you got your problem <laughs> solved. <laughs> and a guy who knows vehicles like Buck, so we can manage all the hunting vehicles because we have. What, about five, six hunting vehicles? We go all over this ranch. Well, I, yeah, we've been, privileged, we've been privileged at the shop to build some uh, pretty unique vehicles that we're proud of. Um, yeah, oh, I think there's they're five not just to unique, six. They're awesome. They're, uh, awesome. In addition to the hunting vehicles, there's also uh, uh, vehicles that are made just specifically for, for feeding. Um, the logistics that go involved or that are involved with maintaining what you guys have put together, I think, are, are far vast than what most can wrap their head around. Yeah. Yep. I, I need to speak to you about uh, doing some resuscitation on the talking lead sled. So we'll, we'll talk off air about that. Okay. <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. But this, I, 
I have a comment, if I may, for just a moment. Yes, sir. Your viewers your, uh, may ask, well, why do we need organizations like Sheepdog Impact Assistance? We have Veterans Affairs. The U.S. government spends billions, right? <laughs> it spends billions on veterans. Why would we need a private organization to help veterans more? Isn't that, don't you think a lot of people would ask that question? I think fewer and fewer as uh, they understand what uh, the government yes. gives back to our veterans. Yeah. Well, the reason why we need private organizations like Sheepdog Impact Assistance is because it's personal. We know these men now. We meet. We eat together. We laugh together. We have a beer together. We hunt together. Not necessarily in that order, <laughs> but we hunt together. <laughs> we get to know them. And it's that camaraderie. It's getting a veteran out in the field again, put a rifle in his hands, and nobody's shooting back. He can relax and enjoy. You know, the, the protocol in today's military, if you're wounded, if you're disabled, is to take your gun away. Well, what's the closest friend to a soldier aside from the man next to him? It's his sidearm. It's his rifle. It's his weapon. And to reunite the soldier with his protector, it's amazing to see what happens. They light up again. I have a purpose in life. I'm with my friends again. And that effect goes past the hunt. Steve, David, does it not go past the hunt? Don't you carry a little of that home with you and give you a little more hope than you had before you went? Oh, well, I've got to tell you, uh, I think right now, I was on a high when I got home. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and now I'm I'm just reliving that high that uh, I said when I was down there, you know, that's the most fun you can have with clothes on. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was a blast. It was and and it just like you said, you can shoot at something, nobody's shooting back. Yes. Which is a lot of times in our neighborhoods now, you know, you can't say that, but uh, we don't need to go there, but but I did bring it up. But uh, you know, and you talk about putting putting a rifle in a, a veteran's hand again. You know, we did have a uh, uh, a senator that said you can't trust nineteen year olds with rifles. Uh, you know, so I, I wonder how many nineteen year olds are in our military. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know that you can't trust them. Who uh, who can you trust with one? Yeah, well, say we've got a lot of the uh, the gun grabbers, politicians that are trying to change the age and uh, really ruin our Second Amendment rights. It's a good point. But David, what about what about you? Talk about your expectations. You know, building up to the hunt, what you're expecting, and then how the reality of it really really sunk in when you got there. It was uh, what I expected and what I wanted. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't uh, sit down and take information, make a uh, dialogue, some footage, and phony up anything. Yeah. That would be any better than what I experienced. Uh, speaking right. of phonies, uh, 
Oliver Stone was down the street. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was in Vietnam. And I was going to the beer exchange. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Oliver Stone served you beer. You know, uh, what, uh, what I do and what I was wanting to do and what I did on this hunt was my unit, the whole battalion went down to six men during TIP. And I was already back in the States. And uh, I made up my mind, I am going. I am going to do things. I'm going to uh, take my record out there and show it to the public. Uh, I have done things like uh, work on the Appalachia Service Project, where you go into Appalachia and repair people's homes that do not have the resources or the ability. And I've worked for Habitat for Humanity. Nice. And uh, other other things like that that I just just don't remember. But uh, I really met some interesting people doing that. One lady was the widow of the son that was was the lawman Dalton that was killed. He wasn't in the Dalton gang, but he was the one, the brother that was killed. You're talking about um, gangsters. Yeah. Okay. And uh, she she still carried a pistol in her apron because she she told me she said, you can't ever tell somebody might come along and want to settle an old score. <laughs> oh me! Oh, some of the people I've met along the way are just uh, just fantastic. And some of the people I grew up around and had the uh, opportunity. To meet them, like uh, I shot pool with Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins, nice. Honey, don't. Honey, don't. School with a guy named Billy Browder, but his professional name was is T.G. Shepard. Yeah. I, I remember the day the principal told him that he'd never amount to anything. <laughs> <laughs> it like six albums and. So, what's your country alias name? Hanging around all these country stars. My country alias. Are you Elvis? You are Elvis, aren't you? David is Elvis. I always use the alias uh, if I needed one. (laughs) It's Cool Slim Walker. Cool Cool Slim Slim Walker. That is a country music singer name. I like that. This hunt that we did uh, was was more than just hunting. I mean, you guys had activities set up throughout the day. Uh, oh my! You know, we'd rise and shine to a, a glorious breakfast that uh, that Doc had prepared, and uh, we get our bellies full and we get dressed, and then we did this little thing that was called the was a walk and shoot, or what? What would you guys call that? That's just a Texas pistol range, a yeah. walkabout pistol range. There what we fun! Go. Oh, I don't know. There's 30 some targets and you engage them by walking from place to place all in a line. So it's safe. And there's steel targets, reactive targets. So, you know, when you hit it, we're not shooting paper, it's steel and it rings out. Pating. So, you know, when you hit it and you can really get good with a pistol when you do that. So we also have a long range rifle range. You can shoot out to 1500 yards 
which is no easy task. It takes a trained sniper to hit that shot. I'm good to a thousand, but after that, I'm struggling. So I need help from you, simplify guys. Hey, <laughs> every every Marine's a rifleman, right? Yeah, first yep. and foremost. First and foremost, even the generals know how to shoot. So well, it's a lot of fun. Have a good time. I really enjoyed shooting uh, that. They're called a chassis rifle, uh, and it was in uh, 6.5 PCR. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think much of uh, the 6.5 until I shot one, and it's supposed to be one of the better ones. And the the chassis rifle uh, is what you need. Mm Mm-hmm has adjustments in it for uh, height of cone, uh, cast over, and a few more. So uh, they're really nice, really nice. Very accurate in the PRC, precision rifle cartridge. They're, they're really something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you Less guys, than a half minute of angle. You guys supplied you all the guns. Yeah, all the guns, all the ammo were supplied. Unbelievable amount of 1911s. Oh, there we go. Talk about a gangster. Now. <laughs> and it just—it just wasn't the hunt. I mean, uh, uh, it—it was—that was mountain goat territory for that uh, pistol course there. But I managed to walk it one time, which um, I'm going to tell you, for me personally, it was tough just because of what I got, you know, just the way I Parkinson's. I'll tell you a guy, uh, first thing, uh, before, I want to get this out before I don't know how much time we got left here. Oh, keep going. You're uh, good. Okay. One guy, uh, I, don't, I don't have too many people I consider heroes. Uh, but I'll tell you one guy, uh, I think is, uh, Sergeant Major Nutt, his vision to start an organization like Cheap Dog, I, I think it, it's worthy of the title. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and a, a guy I met down there that, uh, the injuries that he sustained and the attitude he has toward life and, and just, uh, being around him, uh, is that uh, outdoor adventure coordinator for Sheepdog? Oh yeah. And I'm telling you, brother, I, I found a new friend down there and a brother and I love you, man. I'm telling you, all you guys. I mean, just uh, a great bunch of guys. And Scotty, I admire you, bud. You too, brother, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Love <laughs> you. You the man, brother. You know, Very Lefty, well I gotta say. This sheepdog isn't just about taking guys out on a hunt. We also like to keep the veterans engaged and we'll take them on a hunt. And then the next hunt, they come and help. They're not the guest anymore. They're there to help the next group of guys. And one of our mottos is helping is healing, getting up off the couch, engaging life again. Yeah, you had a tough time. You've had some bad injuries. It's hard to move. But that's what life is. Life is moving. Life is interacting. Life is helping other people. And take your mind off your problems and help somebody else. It's one of the best ways to heal. So it's a major part of what we do. We help the guys 
uh, interact and respond to national natural disasters. If there's a hurricane, there's a team that goes. And oftentimes these men are walking on a peg leg, but they go and they help others and it helps them engage life again. That's the biggest part of Sheepdog. And it's really the most important, getting them up off the couch. Yeah, yeah and what I was very impressed with was uh, David and Steve and Larry, uh, you know, all the injuries that, that they've sustained and uh, the difficulties that they've gone through. Uh, these guys were putting me to shame climbing some of these hills and, and you know, going through some of these hikes that we did. Uh, didn't hear them complain one bit, and they did it all on their own, too. Didn't and they're good shots, too. I got to tell you, yeah. don't, don't break shots. into their home. They'll shoot you in the eye from 100 yards. It's amazing. And <laughs> and that trailer that uh, that Marty or Lefty was talking about us bringing had a track chair in it. And that track chair was brought down for Steve to be able to get around. And he was so caught up in the moment being there and, you know, being with his brothers and stuff, they didn't even use the track chair. You know, he ended up lending it to somebody else that needed it worse, you know, and, and, uh, I remember by the end of the hunt when he got his hog and he was heading down the stairs um, from the blind, he said, uh, you know what, I'm done. You know, he said, I didn't complain this whole time. He goes, but I'm glad I got my hog, you know, and I'm I'm done. You know, I'm, I, I can't go any further. And um, that's that's just what we do is uh, we, we don't show weakness, which is which is what's one thing that Doc was talking about, about, you know, having a hard time with PTSD and helping his healing. You know, as we go over to the military and we do what we do, and we're supposed to be these shipwreck house people, you know, that come back and uh, aren't supposed to be able to tell other people about our problems. And uh, that's one of the other big things about Sheepdog is the camaraderie. You know, that's about one of the only things besides shooting guns and, and being with my brothers, my family is about the only thing that I miss. And uh, getting those guys together and being able to talk, you know, about uh, the stories that we've been through is is kind of like a purge, you know, for us to be able to get out there and be able to speak is being around other people that, uh, that don't understand us. Um, it's, it's very hard for us to be able to speak to them about what we've done without, you know, really them trying to be them relate to us. So, um, it's a, you know, it, it was, it was such an honor to be able to come out and, you know, and be able to hear Steve's story and, and David's story. And, and not only that, having Vietnam veterans out there, you know, we're, oh, yeah. we're oh, with, yeah. with the OIF, OEF and all these guys that are coming out, you know, we, we, we have a big, uh, a big calling for those, a big group of those guys. And to be able to have these Vietnam veterans like Larry, David and Steve, um, to be able to hear a totally different story, you know, like you said, that the war's all the same, but the stories are different. And so it was good to be able to, you know, we all went over there and it's kind of basically the same thing going over there, getting in Humvees, getting blown up, getting shot at. And being able to hear a story, you know, from somebody from Vietnam was a totally eye opener. And, and, and also them them feeling like, like they're not deserving this, you know, of this hunt. And uh, that's a big difference, too, that they, they come back and they don't feel like they deserve this. And that just makes them even more deserving, you know, to be able to go on these hunts. Great word, Scott. Well put. Well put. Yeah. And Marty, I'd like to add something there, kind yeah. of what Scott said. And I, again, staying on the subject of the, the actual hunt itself. From a civilian side, from my point of view, what I've seen, I've been on every hunt that we've done now with them, uh, like say 13 of them. And I've seen it, I've seen the hunt morph and grow. You know, you kind of alluded to some of the things we do throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things Doc and Andy have added that have made the hunt more enjoyable um, with the, whether it be the, you know, the rifle range or the pistol range. But one thing that was different about this particular hunt um, with a group of guys, uh, you know, with, with Dave, Steve, and my dad, everybody that has come before 
this hunt has all been uh, basically products of 9-11. So this is the first group we brought from this generation. Oh, okay. um, I didn't realize and that. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was you know, that meant a lot to me. Um, they're, uh, they're an amazing generation. Um, Steve, you know, has alluded to the fact how they were treated when they came back. And, and I even reminded him a text that uh, I think the reason, in my opinion, um, that my generation maybe treats, uh, you know, gentlemen like Scott and, and our, our current veterans coming back differently is because we were raised by the Vietnam generation to, uh, to, to no difference. So yeah. that's my opinion on how that is. So, um, again, as a civilian, what I've seen with these hunts, um, we were talking about the stories or, you know, Scott talking about, uh, you know, the stories are different, but, uh, everything else is pretty much the same sitting around that campfire as a civilian. I heard a lot of stories, whether they be combat stories or, you know, them just raising hell, um, you know, back in the barracks or whatever. And I just listen. I've got nothing to add, obviously. Um, but that's probably my favorite part of these hunts is just listening to these men engage and share stories with each yeah. other and with us. Um, these men don't necessarily open up to just anybody and they may not choose to open up on these hunts. But those that do personally, I make it a point to come back and share each story, whether it be, you know, a funny story or just them raising hell or having fun or practical jokes or whatever, blowing off steam um, in country. And uh, I share those stories with my family and my friends, and I want them to know. Um, I want them to hear these stories and uh, what these men have experienced. So that's kind of been my I guess, experience with these hunts, um, seeing the different men come through. You know, we look at men like Scott, a double amputee. I see physical injuries. We see mental injuries. Um, Scott and I have had this conversation many times. It's sad that I go back to the first hunt. I can remember Nick Perales uh, coming, uh, sorry, Marine Scout sniper. Nick's a single leg amputee. I was so nervous around him, didn't know how to act, didn't know what to do. Felt like I needed to do everything for him. To fast forward, here we are six and a half years later. That is almost normal to me. And it's weird that it's normal because it shouldn't be. And uh, I, I guess it goes to the point where, I don't know if I'm saying this wrong, Scott, let me know. It's it's maybe my, my comfort zone in a weird way. <laughs> um, it's my normal, and it shouldn't have to be. So um, I have friends that you know might get around Scott or any, any of the other guys that are, they don't know how to act or anything else. And uh, I remember feeling like that. You all, your heart goes out. So anyway, unique feelings, unique stories along the way. But let's get back to the hunt. Let's get back to talking about the ranch and the good no, times. I mean that that's good. And you be, uh, so that's what I wanted to say too. Is you know I've been doing this for seven years and I've had the unique uh, opportunity to get in with with guys like Scott, like David, like Steve, where I'm a civilian and, uh, you know, I've been able to sit on, like I said, like a fly on a wall and listen to these stories, you know, that they, that they share. And they don't just share them with anybody. I mean, they've got to feel comfortable uh, enough with you to, to do that. And I never push anyone to to talk about it or or tell stories that they don't want to do. Uh, so I've been very fortunate, very lucky, very blessed to, to be welcomed into that community and have them come on the show like you guys are doing. And this is just, I want you to know that this is a huge honor for me to have you guys, you know, David, Steve on the show. Uh, so thank you for taking the time and being on and sharing with me and our listeners. Just want to say thank you for your service and, uh, your, your continued, what you've done to, with our communities, 
uh, and uh, that you continue to do to share your stories and inspire others. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And, uh, you know, I will say, you know, you talked about what uh, Buck said, you know, about opening up. Uh, I got to tell you, it's been 50 years for me since I came home. That first night at the camp uh, and tonight, uh, I've talked more about Vietnam than I've talked in the other 50 years. Wow. Other than maybe in counseling sessions, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And has it been helpful, would you say? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, like I said, uh, and now I'm, I'm reliving my high that I <laughs> down at the gun club, you, you know, down at the camp. It, it's, it was just great. And, and talking about everything we did, uh, you know, I said it wasn't just the hunt. It was the camaraderie. Of course, the pistol course helped a lot too. You know, that was uh, that was a blast. Any anytime you can shoot up that much ammo, hey! <laughs> oh my gosh, how many mags of, of forty five did you guys have? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we we sure didn't want it to go bad. No, can't let it go bad. Yeah, yeah. one hundred twenty magazines full. Oh, at least. Plus reloads. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just what we started yeah. with, and then those got reloaded five, six times throughout the day, no doubt. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely slinging some lead uh, downrange. So that that definitely uh, is something that you guys got to keep as part of this hunt because uh, that's really fun. And, it you know, it builds that, that competition, you know, that, that, that need to co compete with one another too. And sure. that's, that star, sure. oh, my gosh. The Texas Star. David Isn't that Texas fun? Star. Carnival. Yeah, David yes. Steve. There's no competition when it comes to Steve shooting. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to take my gun away from him. That helped. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay by that SIG or Doc if you want to sell me that Kimber that uh, you let me use. <laughs> I won't sell it to you, but I'll give it to you. How's that? <laughs> Tell me how to get it to you, and it's yours. Can't beat that. That's awesome. Going back to that Texas star, there were a lot of friendships that have been broken right there shooting at that time. It's, yeah. Any previous relationship, too. I've learned it's how to off cheat the table. On that star. Yeah. yeah when you get to the Texas star, it's over. Yeah, I stopped yeah. being friends with Bill there for a while. <laughs> yeah, he was, and, and rightfully so. Oh, there's some good shots out there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, and Steve, you, I was very impressed with how you handle a pistol. I thought you Marines were just riflemen, but you're a pistolero, too. You sure Both of you guys, David, you're good, too. Every every veteran I've ever shot a gun with, they're good with it. Something about it. I don't know what it is. Just an extension of their arm. Be careful about yeah. offering up that Kimber. One of these days, I might take you up on it. Oh, I, I just need your address. That's all I need. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> well, guys, it has been a, a pleasure having you on the show and, and relive our hunting experience. It was a you know an honor for me to, to go on that. So thank you guys for inviting me and and uh, bringing the Leadhead Brigade along on this uh, this hunt. It was awesome, David. Yeah. Talk about your what's the biggest thing you're taking away from this hunt? The biggest thing I have taken away, uh, basically. Okay everything that everybody has talked about, the camaraderie, getting out and doing something, uh, 
especially something that you've always wanted to do, and uh, some some darn good pictures. <laughs> got a lot of pictures. Yeah, we do. We definitely got a lot of pictures. Now you also had the most hogs killed and the biggest hog killed. Yeah, so congratulations. That's what I was say, the biggest thing, the hogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he always got the best spot. No, oh, oh, is that it? It was rigged. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he had a better guide. Now, Steve, you got one on the second day. You yeah, you put one down. You had an opportunity at uh, another one, didn't you? Yeah, the first day, but uh, uh, he just kind of he was there one second, one second, and gone the next because I had him in my crosshairs there, and uh, he was uh, he was just gone. Now you brought your own rifle too, right? Yeah. What were you hunting with? Bought a, a Remington 783 and 308 with a 168 grain bullet. Uh, nice. And then yeah. uh, Bill got a, a hog. Bill's not on here. Bill got a little small one, a little token. Yeah, I'm sure he'll you know he'll be on here. He'll talk it up. But we all know it was it's one of the it was the smallest one. Now, <laughs> I I had a great time hunting. I didn't get any hogs. I didn't see any hogs, but I still had uh, a fabulous time being out there and just, you know, seeing nature and the deer. I'd never seen so many deer. I, apparently I had on some sort of a attractant or something because all the deer seemed to come to my blinds. And that one day, I mean, there was at least 30, 30 deer, doe, buck. I mean, they were all over the place and I was just dying because I didn't have a bow. Yeah. And it wasn't rifle season for deer. Lefty, which blind did you go to? Because deer season starts in a few days. I'm going back there. Which one did you go to? <laughs> so I was at the bomb bomb site. Bomb site. I know where it is. Bomb site and pigeon or something like that. Is that pigeon? Does that ring a bell? Doves. Dove. Dove. Dove yes. pond. Dove, Dove pond. pond. Yep. Dove yeah, pond. those are both good sites. Good places. Yeah. But you got yourself a coyote though. I was gonna say, but we did at nighttime yeah. we got to go out, do a little coyote hunting. And uh that that I mean there was probably what ten, twelve coyotes that night that we saw. We were only able to take one down, but uh it was That was a, a shot too. Yeah, it was <laughs> using the uh was it the six five? Is that what I was using? Six five Creedmoor? I think it's what six eight. The six eight. Yeah, six eight. So that was that was a good time. Thermals had the infrared. It was it was pretty sweet. You know, guys, I, I've been hunting those ranches uh, for uh, I don't know twenty years now, and I have to tell you, it's not about killing the animal. It's about the camaraderie, the uh, fire pit afterwards, the food, the friendships you establish. And, uh, of course, the food we create because we, we try to process as much of this meat as possible. And if we can't eat it all, we send it off to the poor or those in need. And so, you know, it's the whole process. And Andy and I wanted to share this with our veterans, our most deserving guys. And, and I got to tell you, Stephen, David, you've done more for me than I could ever do for you. So thank you for everything. You're my heroes. You always will be. And if I can be the half of the man that you two are, my life will be a success. So thank you, brothers. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And, and I'm going to tell you, just, uh, I, I, I'm sure you feel that way, Doc, but I'll tell I you, that you guys, you guys, I can't describe what that trip did for me. I mean, just, it was just, it was just that 
if, if there a if if there's a word uh, it was outstandinger than anything I've ever outstandinger. The most outstandinger. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm uh, glad you enjoyed it. Well, this is the this is the whole so, point. We can re-engage life, right, guys? Yeah. We can come back to the civilian life and re-engage, even if we are have been shot up or or we've had concussions and post-traumatic stress. We can still do this with the help of our friends. We can do it, huh, Scotty? Amen. It's good to know that somebody does care. Well, we care. We do. All thanks to uh, Sergeant Major for starting Sheepdog Impact Assistance to begin with. Uh, And all the other uh, services that Sheepdog Impact Assistance offers. Uh, You've got this this turkey trot coming up November the 28th. I understand, uh, Buck, you're training for that? Is that that what I understand? Yeah, that's correct. So I... here in the master bedroom, I went. I ran upstairs and and, and went to the bathroom and back. So that's probably the extent of my training. Uh, and then a lot of, you don't forget your beer lifts. You got beer lifts every night. A lot of prayers, but in my Scott, I'm wrong. Um, I do. I do. And I stop on Um Yes. Those are always like, You're breaking up over. a little bit, Buck. Hold on a second. You're breaking up a little bit. Um, All right. Maybe reposition or put the mic closer to you. Put the beer down. Yeah, put the beer down. <laughs> it never stops, guys. It never stops. All right, not any Even better. When you're asleep, That's more better. More yes. better. Okay. Had the mic in your better. Well, I had to. Uh, I had no. I had to undo my uh, headphones there and, and plug in the charger for a little bit. Apologies, phone was getting dead. So <laughs> we want to talk about what all uh, sheepdogs got coming up. Yes. So uh, the turkey trots one November twenty eighth. Scott, what else is coming up? So we finished uh, next week. We actually have uh, 25 people going down to Dallas for the uh, Dallas uh, Spartan race. And then I think our next event, uh, that's the end. That's the last of them for the end of the year. Uh, that was our 33rd outdoor adventure this year. We sponsored 619 veterans and first responders. And our next event will be January 29th through February 2nd. It is a Yellowstone trip where they go to West Yellowstone and they go snowmobiling. Um, in the forest for two days and they go out and they go into the park and uh, go see Old Faithful and then of course our normal skydiving uh, hog hunting deer hunting I don't know if I said skydiving scuba diving mm-hmm. um, range days uh, pheasant hunting quail hunting and you guys uh, can go to sheepdogia.org there's a right. list of things going on there you can get yes. involved. You can donate your time. You can donate your money. You can donate your resources for any of these events that they've got coming up. Uh, and you do that by going to sheepdogia.org and uh, following the links there. Uh, Facebook, they're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. I know Lance has been posting some of their um, their Bahama uh, endeavors, uh, doing their disaster recovery mission out there. Uh, and we'll get him on. We'll have him talk about uh, what all they did down uh uh, helping out in the Bahamas as well, Doc. We've got a celebrity in our midst, guys. I didn't, and I didn't realize this, but but Doc is a TV celebrity. Well, I don't know about that. Has his own I'm, talk show, even. Well, yeah, I do that, but my shameless promotion is for Sheepdog. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I want to make the point that it is completely volunteer. 
We don't get any government grants, do we, Scott? We don't get any government grants. Well, you're not. This is us helping others. And, you know, it'd be wonderful if we had another nice big ranch that we could do another hunt in another part of the country. You know, that'd be wonderful. Uh, we need uh, members. It's Volunteers. lifetime. It's a one-time membership fee. It's not that much if you're a veteran. Join up. It's for life. And then you're automatically a brother. You can donate to the organization, and we need the money. There's there's always expenses and more that we can do. Even $5 helps, and 5000 helps, and $5 million helps. We'll take whatever you can do to help us. And the vast majority of the money that comes in, what is it, like 85% or more, goes right to the guys and the women because we have more. Let's talk about that for just a minute before sure. we're through. The women veterans, we're seeing more and more and more. Scott, do we help the ladies as well who are veterans? We do. We, do. we, do. we, we also have a couple that uh, volunteer there in the national office as well, some Marines. Yeah. And this isn't just so, military. This is law enforcement. This is first responders, right. fire department, all Police of our sheep department, dogs. paramedics, yeah. any first responder, and all military. And so... You know, I think a lot of people say, well, the veterans are fine. They have the VA and they have a huge budget. But we all know the, the VA can't do it all. Yeah, that's a very uneducated person that's making that assessment. You're exactly right. But that is a common perception. So it doesn't take much to make a difference when many people give a little. So I'm, I'm compassionately pleading that get online, make a donation, and help us make a difference. And better yet come out and help us do it directly. That's the best way. Yeah. Because there's nothing more valuable than time. You know, guys, think about it. As time goes on, as we mature as older guys, we realize time is short and time is a great gift. So we'll take the time. If you're not a wealthy person, fine. Give us a little time to help out. Absolutely. Scott, I know you got to jump off. What's your final thoughts? Um, I appreciate you having us on the show. And uh, I can't reiterate any more than what uh, Doc said, you know, uh, whether it be monetary or volunteering your time or uh, starting a chapter, whether it be, you know, in your area or even another ranch. You know, these again, uh, we call it, uh, you know, range therapy or I think group like therapy, group therapy, group therapy. I'm talking about I'm talking about having a weapon in your hand. No, I'm talking about getting your shots placed in a Oh, pocket. yes. That's yes. Group <laughs> I do need help that on group that. Down. Tight group. <laughs> Kimber doesn't do all the work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, like I said, what Doc, what Doc said, uh, hit it on the nail on the head. Um, it, we, we, we used to be all about the mission, and uh, the money wasn't an issue. And uh, now we are growing so big with our uh, 20 teams and chapters uh, nationally. That uh, it's becoming, you know, that the uh, that money is becoming the issue, and uh, it's always been there. And um, we just hope to be able to continue our mission with uh, reengaging, assisting, and empowering our nation's veterans and first responders. Upcoming dates: we got our uh, gala, our annual gala, a a April 18th. Yeah. And uh, I know that we're making it a point to be, oh, be able to get Steve and uh, David there. Do do the wives get to come to that? Oh yes. yeah. Okay. I mean, if you want them to. <laughs> girlfriend, either way. I couldn't come back home if she didn't go with me. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, so much. All right, Scotty. Good to see you, Scotty. Marty, thank you to, uh, boy, thank uh, you, to you. Thank well, you to Marty and Talking Lids. Thank you to all your sponsors <laughs> that support what you're doing, um, your show. 
and uh, we'll definitely do everything we can in our end to promote you and your cause. Um, no, it's all about you guys, and it, we're happy to help out any way we can. I've got the best sponsors in the world that uh, support the Talking Lead podcast, Caltech Weapons, Buck Knives, Modern Spartan Systems, Century Arms, Red Army Standard, Canic. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and, and they're all happy to, to help out. And This, this gala coming up is going to be really good. We're going to have some good stuff for, for the auction table. Great, great. Any other final words you guys want to say before we wrap it up here? No, just hug a veteran. We'll see you guys again. All right, buddy. No, absolutely. Love you guys. Love you guys. I'm going to tell you, if we never met again, I'd never forget you guys. That's the impact that you had on me. Thank but you. I do hope we meet again. Same here, brother. We're going to. Here, you bro. guys are going to come to that gala. We're going to have a good time. And as always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close. And, and your firearms closer. Oh, that was pretty damn good. Holy shit. Oh, God. I like that. <laughs> All right, now individually, let's start with uh, Buck. And your firearms closer. And your firearms closer with your wallet open for Sheepdog Impact Assistance. Don't have nine fingers showing. <laughs> <laughs> And your firearms closer, and don't forget the sheepdogs. Perfect. Like it. Love you guys. Thanks. Yeah, send me your address. <laughs> Bye, gentlemen. God bless. Right, man.